I need to go to therapy, but I'm tough. So I'm just gonna cry in bed for free, but enough. Like maybe I've been living in denial for a while. It sucks. My brain tells me to eat a bag of dicks, and I suck at knowing when my mind is playing tricks. Now I'm stuck. How come it didn't dawn on me before? I'm confident that I'm insecure. Right, sing this with us. Oh, I'm confident that, that I'm insecure. Listening to Holy Commutes for Monday, October 16th, 2023, here on the National Football Radio Network. This is uh, Tim and Paul Cook of our first Monday episode of an abbreviated two week Monday season. Here, uh, sorry, October season. Uh, here to recap the uh, 2023 United Wiffleball National Championship Tournament as well as the 2023 MLW U17 National Invitational, both of which took place. Um, I guess a weekend ago, uh, about 10 days ago, uh, at uh, Wellspan Park in York, Pennsylvania. For the uh, second time in U.S. history, the third time overall, the usual suspects won a national world championship, uh, defeating the two-time defending champions and juggernauts in the finals. We'll talk about that in a bit. And then on the U-17 side, it was the VWL Flamingos out of uh, Wisconsin that uh, runner-up finishers the year before. Won the tournament this year, so we want to talk about that and the whole weekend. Um, I guess, you know, first in the start, any sort of overall thoughts on another, you know, successful uh, United with the Ball weekend? Yeah, no, it was, it was another great weekend. Um, you know, we got a lot of feedback from, especially from Friday night, but even even for the Saturday and Sunday for the U17, um, you know, from parents who's kids attended and got to see everything and you know just had an amazing time and like you know at the end of the day when everything else works right um it's that type of feedback that like you know makes it worth doing and like worth you know going to a new level you know year after year yeah like i mean uh anyone's been listening to us on these recap these post uw recap shows uh i guess now for the fourth year um, it's kind of been the same theme, same theme all four years, and you know, same theme. And any anytime we talk about this tournament, is you know, when we started this, you know, with the you know, with full committee and everyone else involved, the uh, um, you know, the idea was to not just to not just say, okay, no one's running the national championship this year, let's run it. It was to you know, build for the future, and you know, to your point about. You know, kids and parents and Friday night, and we'll, we'll start Friday night in a second. Um, you know, I think this year, 
I think the issue we kind of got to the point, at least where I felt like where sort of a, um, where we sort of made good on that, you know, promise or that, you know, or what we were looking to do on the onset. Um, you know, we started with with MLW. We started the U seventeen tournament last year. We've been doing fan fest the entire time. The second year, you know, we brought in um, the MLW guys joined us for you know for Friday night, and you know, we got actual you know fans in there for the first time. But this this felt like where it all kind of came together to me, where it was like, okay, when we thought of all this stuff years ago, you know. This is what we want is you have the young kids that are, you know, not even at playing age yet. They're coming on Friday night and coming during the weekend to watch. And you can see how that builds for the future. You have the U17 tournament, which is just stacked with talents. I mean, you know, I'll say it like, you know, there's nine teams. And like, I think there's nas- there's definitely been national championship tournaments, you know, in history where those, you know, those nine U17 teams were, you know, made for a much better field than, you know, some of these other tournaments. You know, that's, that's really not even an insult to those other tournaments. It's, you know, it's really just the talent that's out there now, the young talents. Um, and then even in the main tournament, we had, a, you know, a lot of, um, you know, new first-time teams. We'll talk through some of those here today. But let's start Friday night. Um, you know, so Friday night, I think from like year one, has kind of been just, you know, one of ours. I think one of everyone's sort of favorite parts of the weekend. Um, it's kind of settled into a routine, which is, you know, good and bad. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing it kind of take on different shapes and seeing what it can do. But, um, you know, it, it was really a, another really cool night where, you know, um, you got to see all those three groups, the younger kids, the U17 kids, and then the main tournament people and all kind of how this all comes together. Yeah, like, you know, Friday night has, you know, was a thing that we set out to you know, it, it was, it, we took a little bit of inspiration from like, um, I don't know. Well, I mean, me and you personally from like Orioles fan fans, right. they held it before COVID where like, you know, it was a full day in January where like, you know, you're sick of the winter and it's, you know, there's panels where, you know, you get to ask questions to various people and like, there's other activities like, you know, you can, you can have a great two hour time or you can have a great eight hour time. And here, you know, it, it, that's what this was. And I, I do agree, like this year was like, you know, it, in some ways wrapped the bow on the overall package to the point where, you know, there's going to be something new and different next year because we got it to that point of, you know, hey, this this almost again nothing's perfect but this was this was really really strong and you know uh, again yeah this isn't like bragging or anything but you know just that you know event you know took things from you know the dark dark ages into something that like you know honestly could have and should have been done for a long time and it was nice to see how you know, just just how well that's built. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with all that. Man. Like, I think it's like, it was, like you said, like you know, that I think this year kind of like, yeah, it was the complete fulfillment of our initial vision with all of these different things, with everyone's sort of initial vision of what this stuff could be. And Friday night really does encapsulate. So once you get into Saturday and Sunday, you know, there's a lot of stuff I think we would like to do on Saturday and Sunday that, like, you know. We still can't do just because we just you know there's just only so many people you know wiffle ball is a niche sport and you can all yeah you know, there's only so much money to go around to bring people in and when you do you know they may not you know <laughs> know what they're doing and everyone else is playing so you know 
you know, you have people that sit at home on their couch and, you know, watch on YouTube and think all this stuff just happens and it's easy and whatever, you know, and it's not. But so I think, I guess what I'm getting to is you know, on Friday and Saturday, there's other stuff we'd like to do to kind of make it more of a, you know, of a show. But, you know, you're running around doing so much stuff as it is that there's only so much you can do. Friday night is really where we can do that. And that's where it really feels like, um, you know, a professional type thing and like, you know, you and I have been around with Wolf for so long since the, that the, uh, you know, since day one, you know, when we started playing in 1998, it hasn't changed till now. All of us that are involved in this sort of have this yearning for acceptance and for it to be taken seriously. And that kind of, you know, has driven a lot of decisions over that past quarter of a century. Um, you know, and I think things like Friday Night Fan Fest were like, yeah, like where it's not, you know, and, and just, and obviously everything MLW does, you know, you know, for their players and for the game, you know, gives it that air of, okay, yeah, like this is more than just like a tournament. So when you get into Saturday and Sunday, kind of just falls back into a tournament, a really nice tournament that's in a stadium and has the best competition you'll find anywhere, but still a tournament. Friday night sort of, yeah, really feels like, okay, like this is, you know, this is something legit. And um, I think everyone from the kids on up, you know, feel that. Yeah, like when we, you know, first started in 1998, like the big thing for, you know, there wasn't technically a national championship in those years from 98 to 2000. But like the big thing was at the summer showdown, it was, I forget, uh, Perry's, uh, Perry. you, know, it, you know, and everyone would go to a bar and stuff. And like that looked awesome. But like for me, you know, I was 16, Paul's 14, you know, well, when I'm able to go to this bar um, and you know, as things continued, like, you know, with the USPPBA, there really wasn't that because it was more focused, rightfully so, on like, okay, let's let's rein in how this is going to be run from a national perspective. But like, even when we got to like, you know, Fast Plastic in 2003, 2004, we never went to those events because like... The, it, the pre-tournament event. The pre-tournament event because it wasn't like... I mean, a lot of that was on you know, on how we interacted, but like it, it, it didn't have like a, anything more than just like, Hey, this is like a little get together. And at fan fest, you have so many different options. Like you can come and just chill with a group of people, you know, and talk with them for five hours you can roll around to the different events. Like, I mean, there's so many different things that like there's almost something for everyone. And sometimes when you do the something for everyone thing, you know, it can get watered down and like, you know, you could be losing things for like, I think, you know, I, th I think we got it to the point where, hey, this is, there, there truly is something for everyone. And if, you know, and, and now it's time to like, you know, think about okay. Well, what's that? What's that next step that's taken? Um, well, and okay. and you know, and, and that's you know that that'll be interesting because like this year, I think, and I you know, all of our home run derbies have been great, but I think like the final three this year, especially with how it played out in terms of you know home runs, you know, at twenty nine to I think thirty one to then thirty four, or there those numbers probably aren't right, but you know. It, it played out like you know, like you'd want it to. There was a lot of drama. Um, the you know the MLW skill stuff that they do on the field, like you know those those kids are like just you know so into it, and like we get it in that like 
we're looking, you always got to keep pumping people into this system. Right. And for so long, and we haven't solved this by any means yet, but for, for, you know, like for the majority of wiffle ball's history, that's been the struggle. Like you always, you know, whenever you find like a really good young player, usually they get, you know, taken up really quickly. Ryan Hunzel, Joe Nord, like, you know, those guys were taken by the top teams and, you know, well, where do you get the other guys or, you know, and like all of this, I think Friday night goes a long way, not only into getting the players that are, you know, in that 15 to 17 age range that would be are ready to almost graduate to the regular tournament, like getting the eyeballs on those seven, eight, nine, ten year olds who aren't even playing in the tournament, may not be playing in much at all, but are, you know, but they're seeing this and this is the first step of, oh, well, I love watching this. Now I want to go do it. Yeah. No, it's, it, it, it's huge. You know, for so long, you know, and, and you know, for a lot of time, that was just necessity. It was just, okay, well, just, you know, concentrate on the people that are here and now. And there's, you know, there's something to that. And, you know, we still do that. Like you and I, you talk about like what's next. And, you know, you and I have had, I've been on the bandwagon for a couple of years now. We'll still be on the bandwagon for this, you know, this year of, okay, we've done the home run derby. It's been a success. That's great and everything. But, you know, you talk about having, something for everyone okay well what if you're you know what if you're not a home run hitter what if there's you know what if you're a pitcher and that's what you want to get involved with on the field or you're a fielder or something else you know you know you know maybe the next step is okay yeah we, the reason we did the home the reason we've done the home run derby and the way we've done it the way we have the past four years is to give everyone that comes friday night in the main tournament a chance to you know get on the field and do some activity friday night and you know home run derby can just kind of encompasses the biggest population you know we sort of a good turnout for it this year we saw as many as we've had the other years but that was also supplemented by the u17s i think if you kind of you know i think we have what maybe a dozen plus participants in the u17 about a dozen maybe yeah i mean i i don't i i don't know how they did their prelim you know no 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 i'm saying he's like i U seventeen participants participating in the main home run. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like I think at least a dozen, at least. You were throwing me off of here. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. You weren't very. U seventeen is U seventeen, and the kids are the kids. Um, you know, so like, you know, so I, I get, you know, like parts. You know, I, I think a lot of people have done it a couple times, and they're like, okay, I don't need to do it again. You know, it's like maybe the answer is okay. Keeping on that thing of something for everyone, and also keeping on the thing of changing is, you know. You know, like how cool would it be if you just had the twelve best home run hitters in the world, you know, go at it in an event, and then you had, you know, a a trick pitch competition, you know, um, you know, Friday night that you could, you know, watch, and then you had some sort of, you know, fielding skill competition of, you know, hitting the zone from all of these, you know, different places. You know, you had the twelve best people of that. Like, you know, like that's an idea and stuff. And um, you know, because again, it goes back to trying to something for everyone. It's you know, I think the kids are all getting what they want. I think there's more we can do there too. And I think there's more different things we can do with the main stuff on Friday night, you know, because right now you get a lot, you you know, you have music going on. Like you said, you can talk to people, you can meet people. You know, I, I think the merchandise is better than it's ever been between MLW stuff, um, the UF stuff, the moonshot guy being there. And I think he's holding a shit ton of bats with his new models. Um, 
you know, so you can shop and you watch, you can eat and you can drink because there's all of that. I still think there's, you know, ways on the field and off the field. You know, we, we've seen how they use it. The, the kids thing with MLW um, with the uh, dugout top um, Q&A is gone. You know, maybe more of those sort of events for the regulars, you know, stuff, you know, is something. There's there's all these different ideas, where, you know, um, like we said at the beginning, we, you know, we feel like this is kind of the fulfillment of the initial vision. I think now it's time to take it, you know, up a, a, a notch. And, you know, and we're, <laughs> we will, you know, we we're not in we're not at the point to even you know begin talking about any of this stuff publicly, um, because we want to get it all planned out and make sure it actually happens. But there's some good stuff coming up, and um, I believe we will be able to do that. And I think we know how to reach that right mix of you know getting getting a balance for everyone. And uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see next year's. Um, I'm pretty certain of that. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, uh, you know, specifically talking about Friday night to this point, but I, you know, to get onto sort of the, the second of the three topics is, you know, the U17 tournaments and, you know, that I think Friday night, I think the main tournament kind of feels, that's an, I, I shouldn't say the main tournament, the Friday night in the world championship tournament feel like, you know, um, okay. Yeah. We've, we, we've reached that thing. Now it's time for the next thing. I think, U17, we still have, you know, room for growth, but like, oh, yeah. this was an awesome tour. Like, I, I wish I could have spent more time watching it. You know, I, I um, and we could have duplicated ourselves and, you know, um, been able to just sit there and watch more of that tournament while also running around and getting everything done. But like, the talents was like ridiculous. And like, you know, you and I started, Tim, when we were, you know, like you just said, we were 13 and 15 in 1997. Now these guys wouldn't beat it out of they would beat the shit out of us even when we were like doing well in like main tournaments. So not beat the shit out of us, but like they, we would they would have been very competitive, yeah. you know, with us. We even when yeah, you know, we like I was eighteen and you were twenty or whatever. Um, so even over the seventeen age, but certainly under it. Um, just so much talent out there, and of course that's all you know. As we say over and over again, that's all thanks to MLWs. Just you know, whose uh, contributions you know to the sport cannot go. Um, you know, not, not enough can be said about just, you know, how much they've done in that area. And, you know, these were, uh, these are some good, these are some really good teams. And I, I just, before I turn over to you, this is just one other point I want to make that you actually reminded me of just at the beginning of this podcast, Tim, is, you know, you're talking about like young kids getting picked up by other teams or whatever. That's also what I really liked about this is like, you know, RJ Walgate's become sort of, you know, a little bit of a phenomenon in MLW this year after, um, you know, winning the national championship at the uh, U-17 Invitational last year. And, you know, basically any team in that field and probably a lot, a lot of teams in the uh, main field would have, you know, gladly taken him on their team. But he came back with his, you know, with his guys to defend, you know, their titles. They're not a one-man team, you know. They, uh, they're they just not, you know, Cooper's a good player. There's, there's good players on that team. Um yeah, but I like that. Like most of the teams, you know, you know, wore that way where it's, you know, the Flamingos being a good example of that. That was just, you know, that's their local team. They brought two teams this year. I just, you know, you like to see that guys sticking for the most part with their guys and um, really competing and really building that. And, you know, some of these teams will graduate next year and some will graduate in years after. It'll be, you know, that's what I really look forward to, you know, keeping this going for a long time where we see those teams, you know, 
gra- by graduate, I just mean age out. You know, it's not that one tournament's be- better than the other. They're both, you know, they're they're both equally as important English challenging, but just, you know, um, yeah, aging out of it and then having the, the new kids replace some um, and to see how these guys, you know, there's a chance that like five, six, seven, eight years down the line, there's going to be a world championship team that, you know, has been playing for this in this for eight years, you know, and played their first two or three years in the U17. And like all that stuff is just like really cool. It's like unfathomable, you know, five years ago. No, yeah. <laughs> Very unfathomable. Um, Kyle, the last two years uh, before, I think, you know, probably like when they got there, you know, has told me, I hope the MLW All-Stars you know, don't win the U-17 tournament. I get exactly where he's coming from. He's not wishing them. Uh, he's not wishing that they don't win, but like, you know, anytime you can get a new team to be the best of a group that always spreads around how talented everyone else is. And, you know, that happened last year, and then that happened again this year, and like every team is good. All of these kids are so much farther advanced than, you know, at least, and I can only go back to when we started and we were that age, but they're so much more advanced that, like, you know, it, it's pretty ridiculous how good they could become, and we're still, you know, I mean, we're 10 years away from these guys getting into their full primes, you know, and so like, we don't, you know, it, it, it's still, these are still early days, but like you can see everything and that's just, that that's just awesome. And like, it's again, another reason for like doing this and just seeing how much fun everyone has. Like it's, you know, it, it truly is like, it, you know, I, if we got, like, I liked just going, you know, to Trenton, New Jersey, which again, no offense if you're from Trenton, but like, you know, it is, it, it, people from Trenton don't like Trenton. Ever. Yeah. And, you know, if I was 16 and got to go play at, um, you know, in a stadium at a tournament, you know, I would have totally, you know, flipped out. I always wanted to go down to Lakeside Park to play in there because that's a, you know, because that was, you know, its own stadium and like, I think there's just so many, you know, just so many aspects that bring this all together that like this U17 thing is going to keep growing. And, you know, honestly, you know, I like to keep my expectations, you know, like reasonable for things like this, but I I think they're going to be surpassed pretty easily in a way that like, we're not even really thinking of, you know, in the next three or four years. Yeah, I agree with that. And one last thing I want to say about U seventeen, which is probably a pretty good segue into the World Championship tournament, is um, I liked how there were so many. I liked how all the teams this year, or you know, more or less all the team, well, all the teams you know played, you know, together in an MLW tournament this year, except the Arizona guys who just you know couldn't logistically, um, but played in their played in the MLW Arizona tournament in January of twenty twenty two, played. Um, in the uh, national, you know, uh, MLW national U seventeen Invitational last year, um, you know, obviously play at out at their tournament um, at the uh, Spring Training Stadium out there in Arizona. But everyone else, you know, played or you know, and most of them, you know, you had the Long Island uh, tournament winner in this MLW tournament winner. You had the 
uh, Wolfram made an MLW tournament winner in this. You had runners up of all of those tournaments. You had a champion from the uh, Twinsburg World Series, which is, you know, I think, I think the biggest Wolfram Ball tournament right now in terms of number of teams. It's, you know, it's close to 200 or over 200 over a whole bunch of age divisions, and they won the 13 15. So you had all these teams with accolades that played the whole season, right? That's something we talked a lot about trying to do, you know, for the world championship and we've made strides there i still think there's more strides to be made to level that field but it's nice to see at the u17 level that that's really taken shape well yeah that's i mean if it's introduced there that's when you grow up with that that's all you know and that's of course what you're gonna you know want to keep doing and like it just yeah that that makes total sense and like yeah no it's just cool too because like you know like and now that's to say it's like as you know a person that's pointing together like you know free tournament graphics and material and stuff but like even just like as a fan or as someone like yeah the fan of the game i always find it better we talked about legitimacy earlier right that's what every wiffle ball player strives for and you get that legitimacy from you know when you can be able to put out here's these teams these nine teams are in this invitational tournament and i could you can list the accolades and you can see why they're in there and it's all very easy <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. We've all had our, you know, we've all talked to people where they're like, okay, so this is, you know, the national championship or this is, you know, this is a mid-Atlantic tournament. Okay, like, you know, so what are the steps to feed, you know, to feed in? And, you know, from so many years, it's like, well, there's nothing. And, like, that just doesn't, that, you know, that hurts the legitimacy of, you know, of of, of the sports. So like, it's nice to see that come together. I think it's coming together, you know, on the national level too. You, you know, ironically enough, you know, if you take the champions out, you know, the usual suspects, and again, those guys have played together for years, um, you know, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's it's you know, it's a little different, you know, to some extent, you know, getting grandfathered in. But you look at the other final eight, you know, whether it's the Juggernauts and the Phenoms or the Canes or the Stompers um, or or Withing, you know, these guys have all, these guys all played together in multiple tournaments during the year, um, you know, and they have been, did I say the Juggernauts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they have that that track record and they they have that story, that narrative that you can tell, you know, when you go outside to you know, some of the other bigger teams like uh, Las Vegas yeah. um, in the quarterfinals. Um, and you go outside the quarterfinals, you go to, you know, the Skull Crushers, you go to any of the Wrigley Park teams, you know, they, they you, you have all that history, that story, and it's, just, and it's cool and it's good to, it's good to see. And I still, 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 um, I think still ways to improve on that or build on that, but like it's getting there. Yeah. And generally, you know, if you don't play during the year, you're not going to have a chance to win this. You know, there's, there's always obviously exceptions to that, but you know, that's, that's what's being, that's what's being seen now because the level of competition and the number of great players from across the country, from every single place, across the country are just so vast and you know the funny thing is they've always been there right um and and, you know now that's there and like you know i the other thing like with the the last thing i'll say for the u17 is you know with it being an invitational you know that is how like a real championship is done like i can't you know be a community college and say, hey, I'm signing up for the NCAA tournament, um, you know, without doing anything else to 
qualify and to get in. And like, I think that, you know, like we said before, that that's just going to help. That gets out, you know, you're getting people used to that because, you know, that's that's how when the game has been at its highest, that's how things have been done. When you look at, you know, 2001 to 2008, and you know, like you see, oh, wow, you know, those are looked back, those fast plastic days as being the glory days because they were because you you know like in 2004 the stompers we we won one northeast tournament but we had to just go to everything to get points and we ended up getting enough points to get down to texas and then you roll the dice but we couldn't just it wasn't just open entry to get down there and i just i I like seeing you know as we continue to like as they as the u17 and the world championship you know continue to get more intersection as these players you know start to enter into the world championship you know i i think there's gonna be more question of okay well why aren't i you know why why i only have to play once right. with my team and like and that is something you know where you know and i i think that's something that'll be addressed yeah it, but but also just to clarify so no one freaks out like we're not talking about any sort of you know that's we don't know i like we're just we're just talking you know here philosophically but like you know i think one of the nice things is it, it is kind of you know by sort of limiting and making me eligible and just by players giving players in different parts of the country enough opportunities to play in these tournaments people want to compete ultimately right and mm-hmm. you know the most, you know, by and large, there's some people, you know, frankly, that yeah, don't want to compete and they just, they just want to show up and whatever, but by and large they do. And once you, once you introduce them to that and see, okay, I want to be doing this more than once a year. I want to be doing it. People are kind of, and then putting that eligibility in where, Hey, at the bare minimum, you have to do it once. I think we've just kind of seen that take shape. People realize, you know, yeah, okay. Like I, I like playing with these guys, you know, for this big tournament. So why wouldn't I want to play for them all year? We're a good team. We can win all year. I want to win. So I want to win in these other places as well as this one. Um, but yeah, there's there's still, you know, probably room and stuff to, you know, to kind of do that more. But, the you know, the player base deserves a lot of credit for, you know, get, for taking to that and, you know, and, um, you know, and doing it. And then not to skip around, but this is this just seems like the right time to talk about this. Like, you know, I think the juggernauts are like the best example, like of that, you know, and I told, one of so a couple of um you know this privately after the tournament is that you know i hope they understand how um you know impressive these last three years have been you know and this is just my personal opinion so don't don't shoot me or shoot me if you want i don't care um yeah i like i told them i think what they did is more impressive than what any of the other three-time national what is the uh, when any what any of the other three-time, or because not other, because Juggernauts haven't won three national champions. So whatever the three-time national champions, you know, have done to make it to the finals. Tim and I are Orioles fans, so yeah, we won 101 games this year. We're, you know, riding high into the playoffs, and then you get swept in a short series. You know, first time we were swept in a series all year, ironically, and it's over. to put, You know, because it's a crapshoot once you get into that kind of atmosphere. For the Juggernauts to play 340-plus team tournaments, and three years in a row, and make it to the finals every single time. And then you add on top of that. And I didn't even say this, you know, to these guys when I said it to them privately, but like, then you add on top of that, that they're playing all year in MAW and they won two straight MAW championships and they got ousted in the semifinals this year. 
to ha- have that three year run they did, like you know, um, I'm telling you, like I, I don't think anyone. Yeah, I'm not trying to brag, like no one knows more Wolf Wall history than me. That's literally unprecedented and literally ridiculous. And the fact that they were able to negate the luck that was still present for them in all three of those years and still, you know, win the MAW regular season three years in a row against the best regular, you know, full season competition in the fast pitch in the country. To do that, to win two MAW championships, to win two UF championships, to lose in the finals in the the one this year, it just it's ridiculous. You know, I mean that that is it is beyond hard and yeah, it, it it's like it's what you know, it, again, it, it's what like the whole season of wiffle ball should be like, you know, you want to tell like, you know, again, not to keep going back to this, but like if you're, you know, everyone's favorite tournament in the world that's non-soccer is, you know, usually the, is, is usually March Madness. And guess what? No one cares if there's no storylines from non-conference and conference play, you know, we don't, you know, they actually play those games and that builds up. And when you're actually having that play out, there's so many more, you know, because what wiffle ball, you know, one of the things that like it is a is something that you want is you want storylines that run from beginning to end that have different threads, that have different teams, that have different players that weave in and weave out and cause upsets and cause like you know it, it, it's this isn't like pro wrestling booking where like you know you're 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 creating a monster so that they can eventually be taken down. Like that's, you know, I, I think that's yeah, yeah. what you were going to say too with the juggernauts. Yeah. Playing with target on their back the last, you know, two years and to manage to keep doing that. Like, you know, a lot of times it's the old saying, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. And yeah, I didn't really get that impression, you know, at all. And like, they, they, they lost a player that they're going to rely on, you know, I think to some extent, you know, on Sunday, and they, they lost, you know, they just didn't have him out of nowhere. And they still got to the finals. It was still just a three nothing game. And it was still just a one nothing game. You know, it gets, a, it gets a really fucking good team that's, you know, that's now won three, you know, national or world titles. Like, it's, yeah, like, like that was their old, like, they, they, they almost pulled it off. Yeah. Even being, you know, even having that target on their back and even not being at full strength. Um, you know, so I, I think that you know is definitely, definitely worth mentioning because it's not, it's not easy. Because you look at like some of the other you know contenders here, it's like you know, you know, Jordan Robles. I think for everyone's money, and certainly for our money, is you know, you know, the, I I I I really, I kind of don't even know how to label it because like I was going to say like the best football player of all time, and like I don't even know if that kind of encapsulates it right because it's more than just the best. It's also like you know, about um, how he represents the game and how he goes about it and all that stuff and, and you know, and how he promotes the game and the, the face, you know, the, the face of the game would be better, um, probably a better description for him than anything else. Um, you know, the Phenoms are a great team and they, you know, and they just, you know, they just rolled through their pool play. It was, you know, basically unfair and rolled into there and, you know, they got stopped and they've reached the finals, you know, four times out of the last six years and the semifinals five times in the last six years, I think. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. And, you know, they haven't been able to get over that hump. So, like, that just shows you how 
that's something against them. That's just how impressive the juggernauts thing has been. Like it's it's tough. Like there's so much good talent out there and in this tournament. And I, I, I don't know if you want, to, you want to say something about that before I segue. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I'll just I'll finish that up with it. It helps the game immensely when you've got guys with the, that enthusiasm, that passion, that want to play in everything that they're physically able to play in. It 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 does wonders and. I just you know I'll 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 leave it at that because when it had when you know like when that hasn't been the case you know in the past and there's been you know pockets throughout this thirty year period of you know the national championship slash world championship where that's been the case for whatever reason you know there's a number of factors that always hurts things you know and and it takes longer you know it always takes longer to dig out of a ditch. Than it does to actually build something, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, or add on to something that's already, you know, foundationally there. And, um, and, you know, you're just, you're, you're, you're just seeing it and you're seeing it all over the country too. Well, you know, like we got, and that's it. And I, and I that's what I was going to segue next is like to bring the thing you just said there about, you know, just all over the country and, you know, just, just all the talent and stuff. And then to the earlier point about, um, you know, stories and stuff is, you know, this this past week, um, you know, I'm busy at work. I've just kind of been thinking about the tournament and just kind of, you know, different games, just kind of different games, different teams just pop into your head. And I, I got to sit down at some point and write out the 40 teams and write this out. But like, I think like, I think conservatively, and I think even some of the 0-3 teams probably had good stories. But I think, I think every, I think all 35 teams that didn't, didn't go 0-3. The other, the 35 of the 40 teams that didn't go 0-3, and some, and some of the ones that did, like the Puerto Rico team, had good stories. Um, but all those other 31, 35 teams, I, I think it's the first time we've kind of had this, where I kind of think back on it, like they had their moments in this tournament. And, you know, that's like what we were talking about like earlier. It's like, if that's kind of tough. That's not going to happen every year. If, you, if you're just relying on one tournament a year to be your thing and create this, these memories for you, Sometimes you're going to go, and it's just going to be a tournament where just nothing happens. I, I, you know, you know, and you got to just say you can put all your eggs in one basket. So you play the whole season, you're more likely for that to happen. But what's cool about this tournament is, like, I think like all these teams did get that. I think it's partially because they are playing all season, getting better. You had, you know, okay, so you had your baseline storylines of like, okay, like you know, your old line, you know, won a game. That's a great story, you know. Oh uh, for nine coming into this in three tournaments. Finally won a game, and, and you can kind of just kind of thread it off from there. So who did they beat? You know, to get there, when they beat the dumps, then you know, two hours, you know, two, three, four, five, however long hours later it was, you know, the dumps beat you know Bay City to move on to you know to not go over to to you know to move on with a great performance by um, um, Matt Schmidt, their pitcher, you know, and like that, you know, it's like so there was their moment. Oh, I got their moment earlier than the who they dumps who they beat. You know, got their moment later. You know, the Horsemen got their first win. The North Stars get out to a two and zero start. I'll pat myself on the back for calling that. That you know that that they're, they're to take a little shine off your cap. That was easy. Okay, I was still. I I still said it. I still said. It. Um, I and, and yeah. To be fair, I didn't think they were going to go two and zero necessarily, especially the way they they did it. Like they're beating good teams and really getting off to that start. You know, so like there's their story. Yeah, the Horsemen win a game. You know, um. 
you know, it just looks good all tournament. Um, you know, the waves continued there. You know, as, as Steve Keyhorn kept reminding me, they've they've kept the streak alive of finishing over 500 at these tournaments. Should have nearly and probably should have, you know, taken down the usual suspects in their second game. They were up five nothing in the first, but just you know, the conditions I think kind of got to their pitching a little. But like, you know, there's a story. Like we could just we could just keep going, you know. I mean, the, the Stompers started the day 0-2, you know, lost to two really good teams in Circle City and uh, KWL. And, I, I mean, we haven't gone back and looked, but definitely, I mean, definitely the farthest 0-2 team in this, in United Wiffle. Correct, because Goon Squad last, Goon Squad in 2022 started 0-2 and then lost in the final six. This team, you say. So the Stoppers made it one stop for, you know, the, you know that stuff. You, you know, you just got like, and because, you know, for a while too, and this always, this is the case in a lot of different things, but like when you're top heavy in terms of your talent, you know, it can expose your middle and lower ground. That top heaviness isn't there anymore. So a team that goes two and two, you know, isn't going home unhappy. It's that that's going home and saying, "All right, we just need to keep grinding this out, keep practicing, keep going to events, and we'll be that next team to get." you know, to to get over that hump. And that's just, that's not the way historically that things have been. No, in, in, you know, in, in the, the, uh, the, uh, the funny thing or whatever you want to call it is like, you know, you and I talked about this, the, the final eight was basically blue chippers, you know, like, I mean, you could argue whether or not to stoppers, you know, are a, if you think blue chippers, you may not think that way, but like, from different, you know, the franchise is an historical franchise. This is a very good team that's been at the top of MAW the last couple of years. You know, they're in that thing. And then you look, okay, well, Juggernauts have won twice. Usual suspects have won twice. You know, Phenoms are always there. You know, it's your top heavy thing. You can look at it from that lens and say, oh, well, it's, you know, it really is. But then, you know, when you're there and you're watching this tournament and you're, you know, you're seeing everything sort of develop out in real time, that kind of gives you the perspective of like, just how good this the middle is so expansive that it basically goes from like you know you almost can't even tell where that top tier blends into the middle and like you brought up kwl like you know i forget who they lost to in their first game um but you know like they they dropped i think they're i think they dropped their first game it's their first or second game but then they beat the stoppers and they then they drop another game where they could have won then i think they won their first game in the comeback round so like you know like it's it's that of like this team that's going to give you a tough game, you know, every single time. Um, and there's you know a ton of teams like that. You know the, the blue balls were like that. You know the long balls I know didn't have anywhere near the tournament they would have liked. They also kind of knew they were pitching short going in, but you know they still gave teams, you know, a charge. And you can go on down. You know the dragons I know didn't have the tournament they would have liked, but again that's a team that's like you like. Does dragons go in three? No, no, the Dragons lost in, oh, no, I don't, no, they didn't go 0-3. Oh, maybe they did. I just, I just I just, have one picture in my head of walking by Nick sometime late Saturday and him, and him being like, you know, we just played like shit. Uh, but, like, regardless, they didn't do better than 1-3, I, I think, at the tops. Uh, there's no, like, you know, there's no 
and that's good too. There's no easy draws anymore. Like, I mean, you know, there, there, there just isn't. Like, if you do get, if you somehow do get one, it is just, you know, total based off of luck. And like, that's, you know, that's where that, that wide expansive area of those middle ground teams and like, you know, you, you see it again, like not to be a broken record, but like, you know, you see the teams that continue to break through that barrier are the teams that are out there playing because the only way you get better is, and it's, and it's, you know, and it's like the same thing. Like so, like you know, suspects didn't play as a team much this year, but they have you know twenty years of experience, you know, individually, and then as a team, you know, if you're if you're gonna you know if you're willing to play loose and fast with uh, franchises and team names, you know, have fifteen plus years experience as a team together. So they they have that experience. So you can't you can't if, if you're a you know if you're an eighteen year a team with a bunch of eighteen year olds, you can't. You can't get that. So you got to be, they got that experience by playing every day when you're that age and getting to that point where it is just second nature to them. The only way you're going to get that if you're younger is to get out there and to play. You know, one thing I want to say about like the middle ground is just, you know, look at the two, look at the two teams in the finals. You know, it, it was both on field three, I guess. There was a three or 10 that was to the right. At that, I think we, I think we called the both at different times to have to think, but that, that the one that was going into the third base side, um, dug out, you know, the usual suspects played, I'm sorry, Juggernauts played um, Slaughterhouse, you know, their first game there, you know, barely escaped. Honestly, probably should have lost, you know, uh, Brecklady pitched great, that Slaughterhouse team was good. Um, uh, Soldier BN had a really big hit for them. Then, you know, second game of the, or second, you know, um, second set of games, second round of games in the tournament, you know, one and no usual suspects, but one and no waves. Again, waves should beat them. So you got your two finalists there that, you know, barely escaped their first and second case, respectively, against teams that, you know, weren't going to win the tournament, most likely, but like were, you know, like a really good teams of really good talents and really gave it to them. And like, like that, that's really cool. It, it's, and it's, I, I almost forgot about Slaughterhouse, about that game, and just about, you know, Slaughterhouse in general, because that's how deep it is. You always have at any, at, pretty much any tour you and I run enough tournaments and we notice you have your Cinderella stories you know you have your your teams that you know perform better than they will but like there was like 20 teams that did that now like that's why everyone has you want and that's why you know at the end of the day like Cinderella teams it's those those are fun and stuff but like usually it's called the Cinderella because it goes away it goes away, and like when you and have it, but that's not with these teams. Yeah, exactly. would be instead of just that's what I'm saying. Like when you have, you know, the Dino slash Slaughterhouse because that was their regular season team, you know, who are capable of beating anyone, you know, and you know, you like it. it just it, it makes things, yeah. It, it just it ups everything else. It ups everyone's game, and like it, it just. You know, it, it 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 does it does wonders. You know, just in general for for the health of the sport and you know for it to move forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of it. And we'll wrap up here soon. So I, I see you giving me that look. Um, but I mean, we, the, we need to pack. We didn't. We we took the first two weeks off, so we have an hour episode today. That's kind of yeah. Hmm, these these things should be talked about logistically beforehand. Do it do it do it for the viewers um, or the listeners. Um, like yeah, I think Bay City was one of the teams that went three and oh and three, I think. 
Well, again, I would never. I, I, I would never guess that. And their future is incredibly bright. But like you know, and again, like that just. I'm sure. I'm sure there's no consolation to them. Um, you know, they would rather have you know won a game or two or three. Um, but like you know, like that's just how stacked this tournament is. I know the SoCal guys, you know, didn't have the tournament they wanted. But I was listening. They were kind of standing, you know, milling around during the um, Ridley Park Skullcrushers game that we had on the stream. Um, you know, so as, as I was sitting there doing that, I was kind of listening to them, them talk, and you know, the and I and I watched them play earlier in the day, and I've watched them play throughout the year. That's a team with a lot of talent. You know, they already know some roster moves they're going to make for next year. Um, you know, is what they were saying during that game, and you know, they'll be back and they'll be better. And it's like even if you kind of look at those teams that like didn't have the records, or you know, maybe didn't have that one moment you can really pin on. They're good teams. They're good talents, and uh, it's just going to continue that way. Um, yeah, I mean, TC thirty five, another TC thirty five. Last two years has you know been in what they final eight last year. Were they final eight the year before? No, but like you know, I I imagine talking to them that they you know had a disappointing tournament, and the thing is they're going to bounce right back. You know the. I mean, the, the, the Skullcrossers would tell you they had a disappointing tournament and they lost in the final 16 to the Phenoms, you know, two to one. Like, and it's like, that's what now constitutes a disappointing tournament. Um, you know, TC35, you mentioned some, maybe think of the Whiskey Ducks, they had a really good tournament. I, you know, I, I, I at least saw on social media, you know, maybe them hinting at um, kind of running that back that team last year. I, I really liked that team a lot. I think it was a good mix of veteran and, you know, young players. Um, you know, like Mark Oster coming from the the low arm angle now and all that, but like, yeah, we can just we can just keep going and going because like, there's just so many of these teams that just you know had something and like you know, and all a lot of those teams that we just mentioned coming from every area, California, Texas, uh, Indiana for Circle City, you know, Indiana, my Midwest geography not very good, um, and. Again, that's you know. Again, that's that that that's the cool thing of like, hey, okay, this 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 isn't this is no longer separated. Like, this is all this is all into one, and you know, and it, that's also why you know why I think you know because when you do when you have because there's there's tons of great wiffle ball players. You know, I mean, you know, the amount of wiffle ball players who just play in their backyard, who are great, who don't know anything about this competitive tournaments and stuff, who were just never able to reach for one reason or the other is insane. So when you keep pulling from, you know, from these different areas of the country, you're going to keep finding more. And that's, you know, again, like, and that comes down to like having things run, you know, at a local level, like you see, you know, Circle Cities League, you see Mo Wiff, you see, uh, well, Mo Whiff had a good tournament. Mo Whiff had a good tournament. You, you know, you see, like, you know, Mo Whiff's only in year three of their league, and like they've built up a league that you know continues to just climb in terms of competition. And you know, honestly, for year three, way ahead of you know, oh, like really far ahead here. And like you know, you see all of that, and like that's how. That, that that's also how this whole engine churns things and that's how you get the new players and that's how you know like because one of the other things we always hear is oh well, i want to you know I, I i don't like playing the same teams you know over and over 
well, the way to get the new teams and the new players and the next great players is by all of these mechanisms. Right. Yeah, it's just, it, 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 you know, you need all that stuff to kind of be working. And again, there's, you know, there's lots of room for improvement on, you know, all those fronts, both the local and sort of the mid-level and the national levels. But yeah, like it's it's, it's really nice to see you kind of um, come together there and, you know, and, and, it, and it's nice to see. I, I think the thing, one of the things that you and I like the most is, uh, or I, I like the most, like one of the things that we appreciate the most about how these tournaments go the uh, U.S. tournaments, that is, is, um, you know, there very much used to be a, I, th- I think before this, there was, you know, there, there's some pockets where there hasn't been, but for the most part, there's always kind of been these sort of, you know, barriers to entry that maybe weren't real. Maybe they were just perceptions in people's minds. Maybe sometimes they were real. It doesn't really matter. It ends in the same result of like, okay, well, this is a national tournament, you know, I can't really you know, go there. Like I remember talking several years back, you know, at the end of last decade to a winner of the NWA tournament right after they won it, you know, talking, you know, about the national championship tournament to them, you know, at that time, you know, prior to you with, and, you know, the sort of response, you know, these guys just won a big tournament that they should have, you know, that they weren't, you know, just over the moon about winning and it was a tough tournament to win. It's like, yeah, like, we don't know if we're going to go there. We don't really know if we can compete or we'd have a good time then if we don't compete. And what's nice about United Wiffle is I think that's kind of been turned down. Like, you know, you had the team from Southern Ontario, and, you know, and I think they probably had a pretty good, you know, expectation that they weren't going to play well. And they, they did go 0-3, but one of their guys finished top 12 in the home run derby. So, again, it's just something to take away from this weekend. Um, you know, they lost to the Vortex, I think, in a fun game. And that, that you know, there's the Vortex's story as well. Um, you know, you had this last minute Puerto Rican team, softball team that's substituted and they've been, you know, they're already planning on coming back next year. And, you know, there's no doubt in my mind, they won't be better. Yeah. Like there's, you know, other teams, you know, in similar boats there, you know, so the Puerto Rico team that you could put in there, just, you know, again, we, we could do a three hour podcast if we really run it. I haven't mentioned the New York meets yet. Who you know, Caleb Jalkin was easily Saturday player of the game, the day four wins. He had, he didn't play last year. They made the final eight for three out of four years. It's just so many stories. Yep, and I you know expect that to continue as uh, as we roll on through year five of United Whiffle next year. All right, so that's a wrap for us here on this episode. I, I think we're doing one next week. I might mean, have no idea what we'll talk about. Maybe we'll talk about 2024. Just kind of kind of pick go off of this and kind of you know throw out maybe some stuff we're thinking about for maw and uif and whatever else um but thanks for listening as always i think tim dean will be in tomorrow with his tuesday show i'm sure listen to you with talk and uh, we'll see everyone next week